0: All right, so if you don't mind, I want to start by reading you a passage from this book. It's called Ordinary Wonder, Zen, Life, and Practice. And it's written by the Zen author and teacher, Charlotte Joko Beck. Um, I think you'll find this passage thought-provoking, and I think you'll find it also to be a really lovely framework for today's episode. So let me read to you. Charlotte Choco-Beck says every single person over the age of two or three has a core belief. It's just the nature of being human to have one. This core belief, it's not something true. It's always negative. This is because it is the product of the ego or separate self, the nature of which is to feel threatened. Nothing is truly separate. And so if we feel separate, we feel threatened. This separate self views life as something that either might please me, but I can't count on it, or threaten me. So there's always tension and uncertainty there. As small children, when we feel threat or actual pain, we try to separate from it. Usually without conscious thought, we have to figure out how to handle this very difficult and even potentially life-threatening situation that without any fault of our own, we find ourselves in. It is in figuring out how to respond to something out of our control that we formulate a negative belief about ourselves. This young ego, this quote-unquote separate self, is frightened and angry, and the core belief arises out of this situation. We often first experience this belief as a scream. I can't. I won't. Help. Our core belief for most of us comes down to some version of I feel worthless. This can look like I'm not enough, I'm hopeless, I can't do anything, I'm not lovable. There are a lot of variations, but always on the same separate, miserable state. The older we are, the more this core belief gets hardened and buried, requiring more practice to uncover. Once we are old enough to have awareness of these structures, then I think it is appropriate to refer to the core belief also as a core decision, the decision to continue to live our lives in this anxious way. Boom, mic drop. (laughs) Some good stuff in there that I can't wait to pull apart with you. But before I do, I want to say, hey, welcome. So glad you're here. Thank you for tuning in to the Free Your Voice, Free Your Life podcast. If I don't know you, my name is Davin. I'm a singer. I'm a sound healing artist. I'm a voice coach. If my voice sounds a little tired to you today, it's because it is. I had the flu this weekend. Fully anticipating traveling, being with family for the holiday and the night before I was supposed to go, boom, got a fever, was knocked out. So I really spent two days, two and a half days in bed and I'm back amongst the living, but my voice still sounds a little sleepy, a little bit tired. But in all of that sitting, in all of that thinking, I had this theme that I couldn't help but bring to you today. So I'm really excited to do that. Before I do, there are a couple things I want you to be reminded of. First and foremost, my group voice coaching program, also called Free Your Voice, Free Your Life, which you can find out more about at FreeYourVoiceFreeYourLife.com. That's FreeYourVoiceFreeYourLife.com. That program kicks off January 20th. And if you haven't checked out the website, I really hope you will. I'm just feeling so solid about what it is that I put together here, what it is that I'm offering. This is for a small group of people, a limited group. It happens over six weeks on Saturday mornings, uh, maybe afternoon, depending on where it is that you live. Um, two hours each gathering with some writing prompts and videos to work on in between our sessions. There's a WhatsApp group that you'll be a part of to find support with the other members of this group. But really, this program is for anyone that feels compelled to use their voice as a catalyst for change. Now, you might not know exactly what that means. It might mean that you just want to sing better. It also might mean that you have this feeling, you have this deep knowing that your voice is the tool, is the path toward finding transformation, not just in your singing, not just in your sound, but in the whole of your life. And can I just say that this community that will emerge for this group will be like nothing you've ever been a part of before. I'm calling it out (laughs) into the universe right now. And I say it on good experience. I say it on, um, I don't know, just the deep knowing that the type of people that find their way into this work with me, they're the type of people that you're going to want to know because they get it they get what this is all about. In the program, we are going to dig into the technical aspects of your voice. We're going to learn how to create functional change with your instruments so that you can hands down make sounds that you've never made before. And we're going to also connect the dots around the stories that you have around your voice and how they might have been limiting what it is that you knew you could do, what it is that you believed that you could do. And hopefully you'll see this play out in others in a way that will feel inspiring to you, in a way that will lift you up and propel you forward. So if you want to be a part of this, don't wait until the new year. I know a lot of folks um, have already messaged me and said that they're thinking about the program that they're going to wait and see. And I'd say, okay, but don't miss the spot because I keep it small so that I can do spot one-to-one coaching with everyone. And uh, yeah, some spots are already gone. And so I just want to encourage you to jump on that. Go to FreeYourVoiceFreeYourLife.com and check it out. See what you think. If you have any questions, do not hesitate to message me. You can email me or you can DM me on Instagram at Davin Youngs, or you can email me through the FreeYourVoiceFreeYourLife.com um, website. All right. The second thing I want you to know about is that's kicking off January 20th, but on January 18th, there is going to be an event here in Chicago that if you live in the greater Chicagoland area or if you feel like traveling, I'd like to invite you to. It's my immersive sound experience that will be taking place at Orchestra Hall, home of the Chicago Symphony Orchestra. It's called The Reset. The Reset, immersive sound experience. If you're not familiar with my work in the sound healing realm, I create these experiences that are comprised predominantly of my voice. I use improvised singing through looping devices to create an ever-shifting soundscape, an immersive landscape for you to travel through into the far reaches of your mind. It's a pretty badass experience. I had the privilege of being able to do it last year and I've been invited to come and do it again in the new year. And I'm just, I'm excited and I'm happy. And I hope that if you feel compelled that you might come and be a part of it, you can learn more at cso.org slash the reset. That's cso.org forward slash the reset. Okay. Those are the two big announcements. If you want to stay in the know about other stuff, head on over to davenyoungsvoice.com, Sign up for my mailing list. If you like the podcast, will you leave me a review? I'd be so grateful. It really helps what I'm doing. All right. But I want to stop talking about all of that because I want to get back to this incredible passage that I read to you at the beginning of the episode written by Charlotte Joko Beck. Now, I wonder if you're familiar with this concept or this idea of the core belief. Have you heard of that before? If not, maybe you've heard of its precursor, the core wound. The core wound. Now, the reason I am really interested in bringing this to you through this framework and talking about you and your voice and our collective voice journey is because early on in my coaching work and in my teaching work, I noticed something. I noticed this thing that would happen with nearly every client I worked with. I noticed that everyone, regardless of their age or their experience or their voice type, or whether they were professional or amateur, or whether they were I don't know, had done more, quote unquote, the work or not, everyone had a story and typically they had a negative story about an experience with their voice when they were young. And generally the experience or the story was about an emotional response to a perceived threat, a perceived threat with regards to their voice when they were young. Now, if you look up trauma, one of the many definitions that you'll find for trauma is this, which I've just said to you right there, an emotional response to a threat or a perceived threat. And we know through all of the amazing contemporary research that is happening is that that emotional response often can get lodged in our body or stuck in our body and sort of live with us serving as a source of energy in creating various belief structures that we have around our own safety or, or simply how the world works. Now, for the sake of this episode, I'm not going to dissect the many definitions that we might find for the word trauma. But I did want you to know that I will be utilizing that word here and there throughout the episode. And I just invite you to try it on for size evaluate how it is that you might be able to relate to that word or not relate to it based on your experience. For some, that word will feel really appropriate based on what happened to you. But for others, it might feel like an overstep or an overstatement or like it adds too much weight or too much drama. But I will tell you that it's my experience in the many people that I've worked with that whenever they've reflected back these stories to me, they've generally sounded traumatic. (laughs) They've generally sounded like they've carried the significance and the weight that we would associate with trauma. Now, these stories, they vary significantly. Some of them, oftentimes, people will find to be innocuous in nature. Their rational mind had sort of pushed them aside is not that big of a deal. Like the person who was told to mouth the words inquire when everyone else was invited to sing. A lot of times that person will carry around quite a significant story based on that experience, but they will quickly brush it off as, oh, haha, ha, they just weren't good at singing. Or maybe it gets even a little bit more significant where a parent or a guardian or a loved one was constantly getting after you for being too loud. And so, the message that you learned to believe was that you weren't supposed to be heard, that you weren't supposed to take up much space with your voice. Or, how about the past client of mine who was a young boy hanging out in his basement, singing to himself in his head voice, in his falsetto? <laughs> And was surprised by a male figure in his life who came downstairs and told him to shut up because he sounded like a girl and then he found himself well into adulthood still unable to recover those sounds that he subsequently closed off to this day his head voice just wouldn't work or even more shockingly And trigger warning here, I'm going to be speaking to childhood sexual abuse. But it has been disclosed to me many times by many clients that they are the victims of childhood sexual abuse. And that abuse has had tremendous impact upon their life. But one of the significant pieces that continues to linger with them was the feeling that in that moment, their voice was somehow taken away from them. That since that experience, they were or struggled to find access to really speak up on their own behalf because they felt like they weren't allowed to. A number of years ago, I attended a um, panel at the Voice Foundation National Symposium in Philadelphia. And the panel was on the correlation between vocal pathology injury and childhood sexual trauma and abuse and that panel was fascinating to me because it really named something that i had witnessed you know and observed um, qualitatively that i had seen over the years that there was often this connection and while there are certainly people that have injury and pathology with their voice that are not the victims of childhood sexual trauma and abuse that it was often the case that those who did experience that um, had some sort of history in that way. So you see there's a spectrum here. And those injuries, those core wounds, those experiences, I go back to Charlotte Joko Beck's wording when she said, were no fault of your own. No fault of your own the things that happen to us when we're kids that then result in us constructing a belief based on how it is that we know the world to work. And like Charlotte said, that belief is always negative and it's never true. The belief that one's voice, the belief that one's ability to express themselves has been taken away is always negative and it's never true. Or even the kid that was asked to mouth the words in the choir, here's the thing. Your rational mind might like to justify that story. You might go, well, I wasn't a very good singer. But I want you to know that you deserved to be able to sing. That you didn't need to be a good singer to still have the right to sing, and spoiler alert, (laughs) that rings true today as well. See, that experience, those experiences, your core wounds, they were always a precursor to your core belief, your core belief, the story that you have always followed the experience, and this is really important to remember because so often, As adults, and especially as we get older, we lose sight of the experience itself because we become so wholeheartedly committed to the belief. This is how I am. This is how I do things. This is how things are. We find ourselves saying that over and over again, and we lose total sight of the origin of that belief. And so typically a necessary path for us to travel down to begin to pull apart those beliefs. To really ask ourselves, is this true? Is this relevant for my life now? Is this actually how things work? Is this how I know the world to operate now? A necessary path for us to travel down is to go back to revisit those experiences. And it's not necessarily something that we should or need to do on our own. There are a lot of people in this world that are very qualified to help us. If you haven't been there before, you might look into finding a psychotherapist or a psychiatrist or a trauma-informed somatic practitioner that will help guide you into these memories. But it's important that you go back so that you can understand the context and ultimately Be able to look at that child with compassion. Look at that child's desire to protect themselves. See, some of you will think, well, my story wasn't that big of a deal. (laughs) Some of you will think there wasn't one event, but you'll have multiple events. Some of you will go, yeah, the shit hit the fan for me. There was a lot of big stuff that happened to me when I was a kid, but, you know, I've worked through all of that. Here's the thing, my friends, your brain, your mind will do almost anything to make your story feel like it's not a big deal to you, to rationalize it, to tell you, you should be over that by now. That was so long ago. Oh, that sort of thing happens to so many kids. Look at how far they've gotten. Why are you held so far back? All of these things are really important to understand because when the ego is threatened, the ego will do its best to protect itself. And the way in which the ego works, the way in which the mind here works is to rationalize the pain and the trauma, to help you convince yourself that it's not that big of a deal, to protect you from actually feeling the pain of the situation, because as long as you don't feel it, it can prop itself up. It can proliferate in your life. It can stick around. And I'm not saying that feeling the pain is easy. (laughs) It sure ain't. And again, I want to be so cautious and sympathetic here. I'm not just saying dive in to the trauma, but I'm just saying that if you have a sense that there are stories from your past that might contribute to this belief. And if you thought to yourself that maybe they weren't worth revisiting, that those beliefs, that those structures of thinking are put there in place, quite honestly, to keep you exactly where you are. And if you want significant change in your life, if you want to really shift the trajectory of your voice journey, if you want to grow into a vital, rich, flourishing, creative human being, it's important that you take ownership over the whole of your story. See, I'm telling you this so that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're not alone, that When your mind tells you that your story, the story that even comes up now in your 40 something year old body or your 60 something year old body or your 27 year old body, the story where you're suddenly transported to being at that junior high audition where you feel like you flopped. That memory in your body of your stomach tightening up, of your throat closing, of your armpits getting sweaty, of your knees shaking, when that story emerges and your mind goes, ah, get over it. It's not a big deal. You should be through with that by now. Why aren't you done with that? That, my friends, is because actually going to the story, actually visiting the story, getting to know the story, becoming intimate with the experience, revisiting the core wound is the only way to pull apart the belief that has developed scaffolding around it to hold it up, to prop it, to get it stuck, to get it to stay, to have it become stiff, to have it become static, to have it become solid. But there's nothing about your experience that is actually solid. Everything about who you are is constantly shifting and changing and moving and growing. And I can promise that while you are such a rich, sophisticated being that carries around the story of whatever happened to you in childhood, you are also not living in that same reality now. The same rules don't apply. And I know that you think they do, sometimes, at the very least. I know that you think that there are certain things that you are allowed to do and certain things that you're not allowed to do with your voice. I know that you think that there are certain things that you will be good at and certain things that you won't be good at. I know that you have limiting beliefs. I know that you are not fully committed to the realm of infinite possibility when it comes to your voice, and I know that that is driven by your core wound and the core belief that has emerged, that has risen up around that. But I want you to know that because you're here right now and you're listening to this, the time has come for you to create change, for you to make change. The time has come for you at this current place in your life to sing for your inner child, the time has come for you to find healing, to find transformation. The time has come for you to exercise compassion for that child that things happen to, no fault of their own. I'd like to reread you one of the paragraphs that I read earlier from the Charlotte Joko Beck book, Ordinary Wonder." She said, the older we are, the more this core belief gets hardened and buried, requiring more practice to uncover. Now, I like that word practice. There she's specifically talking about mindfulness and meditation as tools of cultivating awareness. But we also just might think about, you know, the core wounds of our voice being uncovered through vocal exercises, through really getting intimate with our actual instrument. In our body. So you might trade out the word practice there and think about it from a voice perspective. She then says once we are old enough to have awareness of these structures, then I think it is appropriate to refer to the core belief also as a core decision the decision to continue to live our lives in this anxious way. Now, two things to say about this. One is I want to really note that she says, it's appropriate to refer to the core belief also as a core decision. So she's not saying you are deciding this instead of, you know, the belief being an outpouring of the wound, but she's saying that there's a simultaneous understanding in that you have agency here. You have the ability to decide to handle the situation, the experience, the wound differently. And if you don't, you essentially are making the decision to live, continue to live in an anxious way, in a way that feels threatened, in a way that feels uneasy, in a way that feels unsafe. This is a hard to hear sort of thing. And again, I don't mean to offer it as sort of a harsh criticism of you wherever it is that you are. We all are exactly where it is that we're supposed to be or where it is that we ne- we've we been able to get at this point in our journey, especially around healing. But I do see that for those who really want to create real change, like life change, like the people that really want their voices to flourish, the people that really want to sing out, the people that really want to be heard, they want their instrument to blossom. I do find that there is a necessary ownership that they must take over their story and over their systems of belief, over the structures. They have to actually confront, well, let me put it this way. You will need to confront what it is that you have previously believed to be true. And you'll have to ask yourself, is that true now? The things that you believe that you are or aren't good at. The sounds that you believe you are or aren't able to make. The spaces that you believe that you are or aren't able to make sound. The places that your voice feels like it's appropriate, that it belongs or that it doesn't belong. The things that you have thought that you would in this lifetime be able to do. The things that you just thought you would never be able to do. I need you. Your voice needs you to interrogate all of that because there's a good chance that much of it ain't true. (laughs) There's a good chance that a lot of it is bullshit. And it's bullshit that you've created for a good reason because there's a younger part of you, a child who felt threatened, who needed to protect themselves. Rightfully so, they created a structure of beliefs that felt like it kept them safe. But you're not that child anymore. You simply hold that child within you, and you can continue to warden and isolate that child off. Or you can love and you can hug that child and you can sing them soothing songs with your adult, mature voice. See, every time you sing now, every time you venture into new territory with your voice, every time you take the risk to do something new, you bring healing to your inner child. You sing for your inner child. You hold your inner child in love and you say, look what we can do together. I bet you never thought we'd be doing this. (laughs) I bet you never saw us singing here. My friends, so many of us are trapped by the experiences of our past. And rightfully so, because a lot of us have gone through a lot of shit. There's been a lot of stuff that has happened to us. And a lot of it has been traumatic. A lot of it has lodged itself in our sense of being. A lot of it has limited our ability to see ourselves clearly It has skewed our vision. It has made our mirror like a funhouse mirror where everything's distorted. But I want you to know that the path back to clear seeing it's not as far away as it feels. It is so often the case in my work that I see the client that I'm working with as closer to their goal than what it is that they're able to see. Their belief, their structure of seeing, continues to convince them that they are far away from what it is that they want. They are far away from the freedom, the ease, the choice, the agency, the beauty, the grace that they want. But what I often see is that they're so close, they're so close that they could touch it. In fact, it might even be here right now if they were simply able to recognize it. But the ego doesn't want that. The ego is a protective mechanism. The ego insists upon protecting itself. The ego thrives on information that is meant to be constrictive, to hold you back. And the death of the ego is the presence of actual liberation and freedom, is the awareness and the knowing of infinite possibility. And so like I said earlier, actually giving yourself permission to try something new to rewrite the story, to get rid of an old belief that will feel almost more threatening than the experiences of your past, because it pulls apart the structures that you've spent so much time building up to keep yourself in the exact spot that you're in right now. But it's not getting you where you want to go. It's not. It's not facilitating the change that you know is possible. It's why when you sing, you feel like there's something missing in your expression. It's why when you sing, you don't feel quite as free as you know you could. Not that you know you should, but you know you could. This ain't a should sort of situation. This is about possibility. And you, my friend, are a vessel. Your voice is a vessel for infinite possibility. Your voice is a vessel for new creation. You know, it's important to know that we can't create anything new from a place where we lack safety. We can't create from a place of threat. When our threat bucket is full, our nervous system response will not allow us to create something new. And so this is why, as a part of your voice journey, it's really important to evaluate the threat bucket, to go back to the situation and better understand it and look at its application to your current situation. The reason that I see you often is closer to your goal, closer to your desired outcome than you might see yourself is because you perceive the threat to be greater than I do. But because I am where I am, because I've gone through what I've gone through, because I've led other people through what I've led them through, I've seen that the consequence is not nearly as significant (laughs) as you believe it to be. And I get why you're scared. You're scared because all that shit happened to you. You're scared because of your core wound, which resulted in your core belief, which then turned into a core decision. But when you realize about the core decision, that's when you really get scared. That's when you really get scared because that's when you realize that you have the agency to create change. And all I can do for you, all anyone like me can do for you is walk beside you, an advocate and an ally, and tell you, you can sing for and with that little child who has been hurting. You can sing for and with the child who no fault of their own incurred injury and loss and experienced grief and was afflicted by the unfair nature of what it is to be human. And I can show you by making new sounds, by leaning into new expressions of yourself that you have the capacity to heal all of yourself, even that little child, that you have the capacity to pull apart those old beliefs that no longer serve you and move into an embodied expression of yourself that is much less afraid, that perceives far fewer things as a threat. And as a result, We'll make a new sound and a new sound and a new sound and a new sound and will enjoy your voice. We'll feel rewarded by your instrument. We'll desire to share your expression with more and more people because you'll feel almost addicted to the flavor of this healing experience, of this coming into your own, of this liberated quality of being yourself and making music with your voice. Now, there's no specific timeline with this journey. There's no specific order to which it all must unfold. And there's no specific path that you need to travel down. I will say there are more or less efficient paths. If you're being guided well, you'll find that some point you in the right direction more quickly than others. But this is about you getting to know you. This is about you becoming more friendly with yourself and as a result, becoming more friendly with your voice. This is about you exercising compassion and grace with and toward yourself. And this is about you really nurturing the inner child that lives within. This is about you owning your trauma. This is about you owning your core wound. This is about you taking ownership over the story and now telling it differently as it relates to who it is that you are now, where it is that you are now, as it relates to everything that you've overcome and everything that you plan and want and desire to do. This is about your desires because your desires reflect your ability to create. You are a creative being. You are a creator. And until you can step fully into what it is that you want, into your desires for your voice, into your hopes and your dreams, until you can really allow yourself to think like that, you will be limited by the constraints of old belief systems, old belief structures. I believe that anything is possible for you and your voice. I believe wholeheartedly that I do not know your future. (laughs) I believe that you could surprise me just as much as so many people have surprised me before. And I believe that your ability to step into the unknown will delight you and everyone else around you. I believe that. Together on your voice journey, collectively, we can proliferate healing amongst others. And I believe that new music can be made. I believe that new performances can be had. I believe that new space can be taken up. I believe in new boldness, new awareness, new joy, new expression that is you. So, my friend, are you willing? to go back to that core wound? Are you willing to examine the belief that built up around it, that safety protective mechanism? Are you willing to look at yourself as a child and go, I understand, buddy. I understand, darling, why you would feel that way. I'm so sorry you had to go through that. I'm so sorry that that caused you pain. I'm so sorry that that person said that to you. I'm so sorry that that thing happened to you. But look what you've overcome. Look where you are now. Look what you're capable of doing. Look how beautiful you are as a being. Listen to the unique nature of your voice. Listen to your sound, listen to you, to you, that's you. That's the sound of you. It's time to get free. Now, listen, my friend, one of the things that we are going to be encountering together in the Free Your Voice, Free Your Life group coaching program is this exactly. Understanding more fully our core wounds, our core beliefs, and our core decisions. We're going to work in community to support each other in breaking down the beliefs that are holding us back. We're going to, in community, hold each other accountable as decision makers on our journey. And as a result, we're going to change the game for each other's voices. So, if you want this to be a part of your journey with your voice, in addition to functional vocal training, training around performance, working on songs, join me. Join me, an incredible group of others. Learn more at freervoicefreerlife.com. That's freervoicefreerlife.com. It all kicks off January twentieth. But for now, don't forget that you have the capacity to sing for your inner child. Until next time, peace.